welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Um, welcome to episode 27. Actually, funny, before we started recording, we were, I was actually literally just saying that it's episode 27, and if I fucked it up, Brandon was going to have to um, correct me. But anyways, welcome. Yes, obviously, you can see in the title of the podcast, you know who we have on today. At least you know his name. We're going to do his intro a little bit here, but um, just want to send out some thanks. You know, thanks for listening to episode 27 today. Um, I guess let's just get right into it. Brandon, how are you doing today? Thank you for being on. I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a pretty busy day, but overall, it's been good. Uh, started working on branding for next year. Um, and I know it's only February, but uh, at ASU, they kind of start the process early. Um, so that's kind of good. Awesome. Uh, but it's been a good day. Awesome. Um, so yeah, like, like I kind of said a little bit in the intro there, tell the people kind of who you are. I leave it very open, you know, go as deep or as shallow as you want to in your intro. And then we'll get into the stuff we want to talk about today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm currently the art director for Arizona state athletics. Um, in the past I've worked for the Phoenix suns as a senior graphic designer. And I was at Indiana university as the director of graphic design for athletics, uh, for about four years. Um, I've been, I've been doing graphic design, I don't want to say since I was like 12, but I got into it uh, when I was 12. So that was 17 years ago. Um, I actually started uh, using a free program called GIMP uh, back in... Hey, same. Yeah, I don't even know what <laughs> 17 years ago was now, but back in 2005, I guess, somewhere around there. Um, so I was just using it for fun to make like little four room banners and just like just fun stuff to experiment with, like before social media was even a thing. Um, in high school, I kind of kept making those things for fun. And I knew that was something that I wanted to do. Um, and I actually, um, designed a lot of t-shirts and I entered t-shirt competitions in high school and I ended up winning, um, a couple of them. Uh, one of the big ones that I won was on, from a website called design by humans. And that was my sophomore year of high school, um, winning that competition. I won shirt of the day and shirt of the week. And it got me $2,000. And as like a high school kid, like that was like a That's lot of a money. a ton of money, yeah. Still is a lot of money, but like then it was a lot of money. Um, and I actually used that money to build um, a PC strictly for graphic design in high school. Um, so I used that. Um, I knew this was kind of my passion. Um, I went to college at Indiana University. Um, I wanted to get a degree in computer science at first, um, but then I, I switched to uh, something called informatics because I missed um, graphic design. And I miss like the design aspect. So informatics is you pick, um, you, you, you learn a very broad range of different IT topics. So ethics, um, a little bit of programming, um, some UI, UX design, and you pick a focus area. And my focus area is graphic design. And so for my interest, it was like the perfect major. Um, I got an internship with IU Athletics my senior year. Um, that internship um, led to a full-time job. Um, I actually... When I graduated uh, from IU, I actually went out to Austin, Texas uh, to do web development for General Motors, um, but I missed um, working in sports so much, um, and I was lucky enough that IU Athletics liked me, and they reached <laughs> back out to me um, and asked if I'd be interested in a full-time position, and from there, uh, it's, it's, just been a, it's just been a really great experience working in sports since then. Mm-hmm. So you work with Arizona State right now. Um, Everything that at least I've seen that you that you put out and that the content over there has been insane. Um, what is I mean, you, you mentioned was that were, were we recording when you mentioned that we started that you guys started um, designing for the new like new I did new branding or, and stuff. Yeah. Did you, you mentioned that when we started recording? 
Yeah. So, okay. yeah, ASU, um, the athletic department, they do a, a brand pitch to their communications on campus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually, I think I got to do it in about two weeks, but they pitch it early. Uh, so then that way the campus um, creative looks at it and then they sign off on it. So I'm currently working on like a pitch deck that'll have um, like a slogan that our entire identity will be built around for next season. Um, and I'm actually really excited to share it. So hopefully um, it, it all gets approved because I think the content's looking really cool. And we have a team of interns that are also help building, building the content out. Um, so awesome. we try and get everybody involved. Um, but yeah. So what does your, I guess, is art director any different from creative director or does it kind of, is it parallel to like project manager type of scenario? Like what's, what's your position like? Yeah. Um, I think college athletics, I'm sure you've had other people, other people tell you this. It's kind of a weird position where they don't always know uh, what to title things. I think my title is probably appropriate, but you could title this director of graphic design too. And like, I, it's pretty much what I did at Indiana, but with a little more responsibilities um currently so what i i'd say it's different from a creative director and where i don't have a say over video um i help with photos sometimes but i trust our photographers enough like i i don't really direct too much there um and i'd say the difference between an art director and a creative director at least at the college level is that the creative director is helping out with video helping out with photo mm-hmm. um i'm working i'm working with them to like establish looks or poses or things that might work best for our graphics or for our creative. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not like micromanaging. I'm not even their boss. Like I, they, they're very talented and they kind of do uh, their mm-hmm. own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my role is kind of um, to develop the look for ASU athletics. Um, and then <clears throat> I'm, we actually don't have any other designers under us um, or under me, I guess, uh, besides student interns. So it's my job to kind of lead the interns, um, teach them, help them grow, um, and kind of show them the ASU brand and help them build it with me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So yeah, I, I know like at least within sports, like there's a lot of different type of titles that have the same responsibilities. So yep. I I I I don't think I've really asked that before this, but I haven't seen art director in a while. So I was just I was very curious. Cause yeah. Does a title like why why do we go from like you know adding different words to titles or making titles a little bit more spiffy? Like why is that a thing? I don't understand why that's a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to say that I don't want to like knock any college athletic programs or anything, but a lot of times mm-hmm. I, you can make your title look better but not match up with the pay. Um, so I've like I've seen instances of that. I'm not yeah. saying that's happening with me. Um, but I've seen like things where that's happened and it's kind of, it is kind of bad um, because like, I don't know how you can be like a director um, or like a full creative director or director of graphic design or whatever, and not have like someone under you or helping you. Or mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'd be okay with like just tiling everybody a graphic designer and having appropriate pay in college if that was like the case, but that's, you know, it's not always the case. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but yeah, so let's get into kind of what, what we had on the docket today. Um, so I guess it, it plans out perfectly that you're working with, you know, developing the new brand look for ASU um, right now. So matching up with, you know, along the lines of establishing a consistent brand look, um, I wrote some notes, like what does the prep look like? 
what are you thinking about during that whole process? Um, and I think a big one um, is how do you define, you know, the wiggle room from, you know, the consistent look into getting a little bit more creative um, with things. When looking at your old work um, with IU, you added a, like there were a lot of, um, you know, consistent, like simple reds and blacks, but then you also mixed in an illustrative style, um, used that with not only static, but also with motion as well. Um, so kind of talk about that whole process, maybe going from, you know, starting in the development stages and also while you're in season, kind of, you know, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, where you can, you know, experiment in different areas. Yeah, I'd say Indiana was definitely a learning process uh, along the way for me, um, because kind of when I got that role, like I didn't have that experience. So I was kind of learning as I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, now that I have that under my belt, like I kind of, I kind of know where to start at ASU and kind of um, what to do. Um, mm-hmm. That's just, that's not even like a, a skill thing. It's more of just a time and experience thing of being like in that, in the field for a while. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, but basically, um, so everybody that's probably listening right now knows that like athletic branding is way different from like college campus branding. Um, but we also need to find a way to, you know, incorporate what the campus is doing. Um, and so I think, ASU um, does a, a good job with their campus branding. Like they have one clear message. Um, it's concise. Like their journalism school will look the same as their business school, which will look the same as, you know, they have uh, four campuses here, which will look the same as one campus from another campus. Mm-hmm. But this is where I think athletics um, is in a unique scenario where uh, this is what I'm going to try to pitch this year, where they have uh, the campus branding, but athletics is a whole different beast um, with a different audience. Um, and we have, we have to appeal to recruits as well as, um, fans. So it's like, I want to follow the campus branding, but I also want to give a voice to our athletic program. So, mm-hmm. um, and by that too, our athletic, we have 26 different sports. So I kind of look at it as, um, an umbrella where we create all the assets for all of our sports. And then within that umbrella, umbrella are different, <clears throat> are our different sports. So, football will have a different voice from men's and women's golf, which will have a different voice from um, beach volleyball, which will have a different voice from men's women's basketball. So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. creating this overall umbrella. And then, you know, maybe a coach for some reason or someone or someone on the staff of a team is particular to a certain asset or element or color, um, finding ways to incorporate what they like and what what their team represents um, with our overall brand. So that's kind of the challenge. Um, um, it, it sounds more daunting than what it is, but like once you just get the experience under your belt, um, I think it's it's easier to accomplish and it's easier to to communicate. I feel like mm-hmm. that was a lot. Does that does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I feel like like the one like one of the main reasons why I got into sports is just how like basically when you start even ideating, you know, the look of everything, you can basically go like the main thing that you have to go with are like maybe symbols and colors. And like, I guess like an overall, I guess, tone, and then you can go anywhere from there visually, which the creative freedom within sports, especially like, I think collegiate sports have a lot more creative freedom when it comes to that. Um, Cause you know, they're not directly like once you get in a professional, you, probably have to deal with you know more of a corporate you know corporate standards on some sides of things but just the ways you can go and the the ability to kind of branch out and do different things and establish you know establish trends um within the industry let alone doing 
or I guess alongside doing amazing work, yeah, I think is an awesome aspect of sports, um, sports design. Um, so I guess when you got to like, when, when you get to like a point where you think it's like ironed out and finished, and I guess an instance to kind of relate this to your current situation, like you think it's ironed out, it's finished and you're about to, you know, do your pitch. Um, where, like, do you, do you incorporate experimentation into that pitch or is it kind of like in the season you're like, Hey, we could actually go this route. So then you kind of pivot a little bit. Um, yeah. How is that? So I think that's where, um, Arizona State Athletics uh, could use some help where whatever we develop in the past is kind of like what they like a marketing email graphic like looks like this throughout the whole season or a uh, paid social ad like looks like this throughout the whole season. So I'm coming up with the idea of, you know, four different examples, um, like just a solid photo, photo look, like a collage look. Um, uh, a, a black background and a gold background, like how we can, uh, this is just for like, for example, for our marketing email graphics, like right now there's just one look throughout the whole season, um, mm-hmm. but how we can pick these different looks and then kind of tweak them a little bit to kind of make um, whatever photos we pick, like work better. So that way it's not just, you know, our athletes like standing there um, in the same pose, um, they can have some variety. So it's, it's things like that. Um, and I know like, I'm not speaking for social social graphics here but just giving more um spice and uniqueness to just our marketing our out of home so digital billboards um social graphics our posters print graphics things like that Mm -hmm. i think with social graphics and currently we have a little more kind of wiggle room to to be creative and kind of make something different and i try to want to bring that into um our marketing and email and like um you know, graphics that should follow the rules, but I'm trying to find ways to kind of stretch them or bend them um, to excite sports fans and to kind of stand out to sport, sport fans. Mm-hmm. So when do you kind of realize, um, how long have you been working? Sorry to kind of preface this before I ask the question. How long have you been working with ASU? You may have mentioned Yeah, this, so but... I think about six months now. So I came on okay. uh, mid-season, well, not mid-season, but like whenever all this was established from last year. Um, and I, I do like a lot of the things that they have that from the previous year. Um, and it's been fun kind of working with their backgrounds. Um, but I just think, and I think this is why I might've been hired on too, was to kind of find ways to, um, you know, break the rules, but stay within the brand guidelines. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's what I've been kind of working on. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe this question would be, um, maybe you'd be able to talk about this this question from ASU, but more from maybe IU standpoint, um, or I guess with your time with the Suns, maybe. Um, so when you're like thinking about a pivot or thinking about like maybe going in a potential different direction or adding some spice, I guess, to your, to your graphics and to your like brand identity and everything, um, visually, what, I guess, what are some signifiers that kind of that kind of ticked that like spark and be like, Hey, look, this X, Y, and Z aren't happening. What can we do visually to kind of make those things happen? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And I think I might've figured out um, with ASU. So I really like, um, I usually don't look at other um, schools work and other uh, teams work. I kind of try and draw inspiration from my past experiences and kind of um, 
like I've been like making art since I was like 13. So like, I, I just kind of, I can, I, I enjoy the process of coming up with new ideas, but mm -hmm. I do want to comment on like, I think Oregon state and uh, Northern Colorado, I think like they do a good job of taking their environment, what makes your school unique and like, like creating backgrounds and assets out of that. Mm -hmm. um, so like, that's kind of what I want to do at ASU where I don't think we incorporate like the fact that we're like, in a desert and it's like it's like it's pretty cool here i think personally mm. coming from the midwest so i think finding ways to like represent like the heat in like an abstract way or represent the desert so like what i'm what i'm working on is kind of doing typography that you know has like the edges kind of faded and and warped a little bit to like represent heat like in an abstract way um we're, i'm working on like using light leaks and light burns to like represent heat um, we're going to try and throw sand and like those kinds of elements, um, not as like the main background, because I actually think, um, what makes graphics and sports really strong are photos and kind of how they're retouched and kind of how, um, I think picking the right photo will make your piece a lot stronger. And I think just having a bold composition that's strong and clean mm -hmm. and then finding ways to design around that and elements to design around that is what's really successful in sports um, mm -hmm. because people people fans like the emotion like they like to see the athletes um so trying to find ways to best represent them now i'm kind of like rambling on but i think that <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah for sure that makes sense um yeah i think i think aspects of i think where some people i've fallen into this trap too is rather than formulating something that looks good that's one thing but also making sure it connects to, I think having it connect to, you know, the environment or like what, like what one, like what you're saying, where the school is or where the organization's from, you know, what the culture is rather than, Hey, I think this, this text looks awesome when we use this photo treatment with it and on this background with these colors, you know? Okay. So how does all that apply to you know, a direct connection. I feel like there's more character to the graphic and more purpose to the graphics and, and brand identity when there's true connection to it. Um, and I, I think, I think when, when I see something like that, it makes me appreciate the graphic more and it, it makes me kind of, you know, connect to it more rather than, Oh, Hey, that, that looks good rather than like, you know, just kind of having a surface value um i agree i like, like surface that. value kind of informationally kind of take things in like right it makes you want to look deeper into things maybe that's just my designer speaking but um, no i totally agree i think the um like it's easy to throw in some like plus signs or multiplication signs and some like circles and things for patterns like they look cool mm -hmm. but then like finding um like a pattern that is unique to your school and there's a purpose behind it i mean even if everybody doesn't know the purpose like um it's cool but i think if you can you know show like people will if, they, if people understand like why you had like a little element or why you did that like i think it, it's it's really strong mm -hmm. um, to do that mm -hmm. um, and yeah just thinking of those things it's what's difficult um but a lot of times like if if you've been at school for a while or if you've like researched the brand or the history like you can find like little elements and cool little things um mm -hmm. that that speak for the school mm-hmm yeah, I think I think that always when there's the connection there, it always makes things it I feel like it, it makes the designers push a little bit more 
because they know they're relating to something. It makes their process a little bit more relatable for them. And they know that the viewer is going to get a little bit more out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that just makes that just elevate that elevates things to, to a completely different level rather than just being used as a visual. It's used as more of like a, I guess, I guess your concept and the value of the, the whole brand kind of flows with it rather than it just being used as a visual. Yeah. And I also want to make the point too. I like to have all these different elements, you know, to give to our interns or student designers um, or whoever to work with. So like, it doesn't have to have all these things. Like Mm -hmm. if you're working on a unique design, you like set up, you know, a really cool composition with your photos and you're like, I don't know what to put in this empty space. Like, should I put something like, do we have something to put? Like, I want to give them the option to have it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want them to feel like comfortable to like to use it. Um, so that's kind of my main thing too, is like, I want to build out a lot of elements, a lot of assets, um, keep them organized, but like you can pick and choose what works for your design. Cause like, let's be honest within sports, if you're creating something, um, like you might have a cool photo or you might've done something different and you like want to experiment a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, which is great. I actually encourage that, but like, then you might get stuck and like, you're looking for something like fill in or tied in with the brand. And I think that's where like having these little elements and patterns and things uh, can be useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's get into something that I'm super interested in. I've seen this type of you know, methodology of, of monetizing yourself as a designer happen in the industry that I come from. I come from esports mainly. And a lot of designers, I guess, well-known designers within the industry, they create like asset packs or like sell their LUTs. That's a common thing in, in sports design um, or like selling their, um, what's it called? Info actions, like your actions and stuff like yeah. that. Um, basically just monetizing yourself and your abilities as a designer um looking on your i guess website that's what kind of made me come up with you know us wanting or me wanting to talk about this um for listeners down below um you can find his you can find brandon's website and his twitter down there so just just a little plug for brandon you can find his socials down there but just just for reference if you're listening right now and you want reference his website's down there um and that's where i'm looking but um but anyways you, I feel like you do a really good job. I think I might, I might be shooting, you know, way out in left field here, but I think I came across you because you posted all your hip hop stuff and all your hip hop illustrations. And I thought they were really dope. Um, and then now like they're all for sale and like, I can buy them and buy prints <laughs> and stuff like that. And then also, um, I saw you diving a little bit into NFTs and stuff. Um, which, I mean, that has just, completely blossomed and i think that's a super smart way of going about things one to you know experiment but also you know a potential way of making some extra cash you know um but uh but yeah kind of give your opinions about that like what made you kind of spark those things like are you i guess are you a business or do you just do it for fun you know those type of things yeah um i mean because i have a nine to five i mainly do it for fun and kind of like I would be making this, this art if I wasn't selling it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but like, I mean, the, mon- the extra money is nice and things, um, but it's not like enough. I don't make enough to like live by it right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, it's funny that you bring, bring up like the resource packs and things like that, because kind of, this is a hint, maybe this will happen or not, but I bought a domain name to set up a website. Um, this is like, this is just an idea right now. Like, I <laughs> Um, 
But I got a cool Spill name. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. I don't want to say, Spill the tea. I don't say it yet, but I got a cool <laughs> name. Um, but hopefully this would this will launch sometime next year or do something. But mm-hmm. basically, like I love teaching. Um, in college, I had a job teaching Adobe software and a little bit of programming. Um, so I, I kind of want to start a website that helps people like with resources, um, maybe specific to sports design. I, I don't know yet. But basically, it would have like one-on-one training, um, resource packs, um, like PSDs, uh, just different things. You know, majority would actually probably be free, but then there'd be like a paid membership section too. This is all just like what I've been thinking about in the past couple of weeks or so. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like a new idea completely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I do um, think it's a good idea to have some source of passive income. And I mean, I'm not making a lot of money from these things, probably like 20 bucks, 30 bucks a week, which is like nice for me. Like I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably, you know, definitely if I did this full time, like dig more into it and like try and make sure that I can make a living um but for right now it's just kind of like a passion um it's it's been fun and i've i've connected with a lot of people like i've talked to people from different countries i've had people from new zealand people from japan people from finland um i mean a lot of different countries like purchase uh my art and it, it's pretty cool they sent me pictures of them like using it and stuff like that so like i mean That's i awesome. just i just enjoy the experience um but yeah i mean i definitely want to like promote artists like getting paid because i think like making art is awesome and i think like artists deserve more money than what they what they usually make so mm-hmm. yeah i like how you bring up um the the whole passive income type of things like i know there has been especially in sports there's been a strife with oh we don't get paid enough you know i'm not applying for a job that doesn't going that's not going to give me less than x amount or like i know my value um, so I got using, you know, a, a sense of, or, um, the subject as passive income as, you know, that thing to kind of spark your, I guess, to fill that void in your worth. I'm not saying you are, but just for the people that are complaining about them, not getting paid enough. This is an example you can go off of, like use your creative ability, create something, you know, one time or create a bunch of things one time and sell them, you know, it, if you're complaining about money, do something about it. I, sorry, I kind of went, I went, I went on a no, little, on a little I mean, tangent, I, but I, I think it's a good, I think it's a really good idea for an extra source of income. I really do. Um, why? I, I, okay. Sorry. Sorry. You go. Oh, you're you go. good. I just think for me, I just don't want um, to promote like burnout or anything either. So like, I mean, I do think like in sports and like people are underpaid and it sucks. Like, like I wish people were paid more, like they deserve it based on like the amount of work people do. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, I want to say like, if you're, you know, if you're burnout um, and like tired from your nine to five, like it might not be the best idea to like go home and like try and think of, I mean, you should think of ways to make more money, but like, I think for me, like I do this stuff because it's like super fun. I'm super passionate about it. So I want to make sure like, you're not burning yourself more out at home and you're like more committed to like the fact that you're building something that is bringing joy to you, like outside of like an income, Mm -hmm. Um, but money's super important. So like, I don't want to get that wrong. And like, (laughs) like I'm came from like an average family. So like, I know like money's really important. So like, Mm -hmm. so get your money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I know one of your things has, it's, it's like solely about hip hop and you have a crap ton of artists here. This is kind of an off the cuff 
off the cuff question, but what who name name your like top five hip hop artists? Oh, um, I'd probably say uh, Mac Miller, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, I'm naming pretty generic people right now, but hey. Mac Miller, Kendrick Lamar. Um, they become Ace generic because they were good. Yeah. I do listen to other music too, but those are probably my top three. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not bad options, man. They make some banging music. Um, So I guess from a business standpoint of things, um, do you just run this fully independent and just call this like, you like categorize this with like your freelance income or do you have your own business with this? Yeah. How do you kind of set that up? Um, I definitely should file an LLC in case I get in legal trouble. Um, <laughs> but I don't have that right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do all my taxes and everything on it. It's just like personal um, side income. So like I make sure to submit my taxes, um, mm-hmm. but it's just for me. Um, yeah, most of it's sold online. And then I've since I moved to Phoenix, I've been trying to set up and do art shows. And I've had some success with that. It's been fun. I'm still in the hole from uh, doing art shows because it costs a lot more than I thought to set up for them mm-hmm. but it's been a cool experience and i'm like i'm i'm almost to the green level mm-hmm. um, but yeah i just i just i just love art as cheesy as that sounds and just kind of getting to meet with other artists has been a cool experience and like yeah i mean if someone's interested in like starting their own uh business from their work that they've made or think their side hustle like if you're passionate about it like i say 100 percent, go for it like stop listening to this podcast and go work on it right now <laughs> I can vouch. Yes. Do that. <laughs> Be passionate towards what you love. That's, that's a fantastic thing. Um, especially when you get in, what what's it called? Flow state. When you get in flow state, I think when you're doing something you love and you just completely zone in, it's the best feeling in the world. Oh, I totally agree. And then it you, is. and you think you're making like the best thing ever. And you look at it two hours later and you're like, shit, this is another good. <laughs> Yeah, always have that. Always have that. It's the worst thing of all time. Oh my goodness. It's horrible. That actually happened. That happened with me today. So um, I'm actually, I did my day 99 of a hundred today for my hundred day challenge. Oh, nice. Um, And I, I mentioned that every single time on this podcast, just for some reason, I guess. Um, But anyways, this applies to the conversation. I was working on it this morning. I do it before I go into work and I was working on it this morning and I was just completely like lost track of time. I go, I go to work at eight and I looked up and I'm still in like, still in a hoodie and sweatpants, like after waking up and it's okay. It's, it's seven 45 and I have to leave for work. I started at like six, just completely and utterly just zoned in, had no, I had no sense of time. And I get back because I didn't finish it. I get back today from work, walk down, like walk over to my computer sit down and look at it and be like, what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) I pretty much, I like, I like, I I took, I had my main, like I had my main, you know, player cutouts or whatever. Um, and I completely scrapped everything that was going on in the background, scrapped like the different gradient maps I was using completely scrapped everything. It's like, I I thought it was so good. I thought it was in such a great spot when I left and and I came back today and it was just like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that feeling. I was working on something last night, actually. And I, I thought it looked really good. And then like, I'm, I'm going to redo it, I think, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wait, you wake up two hours early every for, before work every day to to work on like a like one of those. I can't yeah, remember, like, yeah like, a, like a daily design post. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's that's commitment. It's hard. It's hard for me to get out of bed. So <laughs> I'm um, a mor- <laughs> I, I, I like to call myself a morning person. So that makes it a little bit easier. I think um, I'm I'm most productive in the morning, but that first the first ten minutes of trying to get out of bed are hard. But then once I get out, like I'd rather work in the morning than that than the evenings. But props to getting up that early. I mean, I'm not saying I don't press news. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not saying I I don't do that. Like I'm not saying I'm. Oh, gotta go. You know. Oh, alarms off. Hop right out of bed. No, that. that... I, my, my fiance thinks I'm crazy because like, so when I was at IU. Um, I can like get out of bed once I'm out of bed in like three minutes and then like be ready to like go. So when mm. I was, whenever I was at IU, um, I lived not even a mile away from the office. So I, I, I'd get in at nine, but I'd get out of bed at eight o'clock and then I'd like brush my teeth and I'd be at the office by nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like my fiance thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am like, um, I kind of worry about like, potentially being late so sometimes like something like if it wasn't even for work if if i had something going on at like 8 a.m i'd probably wake up around six o'clock anyways just to make sure i'm like all you know already make sure if i want to eat breakfast i eat breakfast give myself just plenty of time to kind of do things and wake up a little bit i never the right way to do it so (laughs) i never have been i never have been that person like I, i i this this can relate to like my like when I was in college, like sometimes I used to wake up like have an eight a.m. class. I used to wake up at seven forty-five, just roll out of bed and go. <laughs> now I'm, I, if I do that, I'm frantically sprinting around the house and I can't even think about it. It's just it makes me so like it makes makes me almost have like a panic attack just thinking about that. Yeah, I specifically made sure I didn't schedule any eight a.m.s in college. I don't think I had to do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> you were lucky i tried to get away from that man if, if you had if you had a say in schedule in, in 8 a.m's damn i had <laughs> for my sophomore and my freshman and i think my junior year too i had i had two 8 a.m's a semester for three years it was the worst i guess maybe that's how i became a, a morning person who knows yeah, i don't even <laughs> think i could i could not do that in college i mean i would go to bed late in college but like now i go to bed but you know normal people hours like 10 o'clock or whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, but Normal people hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay so we talked about this a little bit um kind of moving forward in the podcast here um we talked about this a little bit when it comes to balance and you mentioned like burnout and everything um and i guess you know with freelance as well going into things for you personally how do you find that balance between your nine you're like nine to five especially working within sports to where a nine to five really isn't a nine to five. Most of the time it's either yeah. like a nine to six or an eight to six, you know, whatever those types of things are. Um, but how, where do you find that balance? Um, you talked a little bit about burnout. So if you want to touch on that again, go for it, but yeah. yeah. Where... I've been pretty lucky and fortunate with um, Arizona state and, and Indiana um, Arizona state, especially like, you know, they, they do promote a very good work environment there. Like maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but like, I feel like it is a good work environment. Um, like I, I do work nine to five there. Like I, I don't work too much overtime, you know, maybe once a month, someone might like text me to do something, but like mm-hmm. not, not, it's not a reoccurring thing. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really fortunate for that. Um, similar thing to Indiana. I, I worked more games in Indiana, but like they were like pre-established and like I knew I was going to work these games. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a bad thing. Cause it was part, like I understood it was part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, so I've been fortunate there and <clears throat> the sons, like they worked me a little more. Um, 
but I, I think this kind of the thing is like to know when you're are being pressed uh, beyond what I wouldn't say what you're comfortable with because I, I think being pushed is like a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever it like starts to affect you know your work your work outside of work and your like your life outside of work, it's kind of when you want to sit back and like reevaluate like is this something that I could see myself doing for three years? Like is this a, in a position that I want to be in long term? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just being aware of kind of and it's taking a step back and like if you're talented enough to get on with a team or to work in college sports like you can probably find i don't i don't want to like you know like make assumptions but you can probably find a job in a, in a better environment they are out there um mm-hmm. not, they're not everywhere but they are out there and I, I think it's it's worth the time to kind of shop around and find a place that you, you're comfortable at and enjoy the co-workers and enjoy the environment mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's the key thing is just to be aware of kind of what's going on in the situation and then like if you're, if I'm just working nine to five, um, I, I don't feel too burnt out personally. Um, so it's kind of nice, like to, on the weekends to have, because I'm not burnt out, like I have the energy to create things that I want to create and like dr- talking about the monetization thing, like it does feel good, like to make money from your own personal work. Um, like it, it almost feels like, Hey, like you really earned this, like you went out, like this didn't exist and you made it happen. So like, I think it's a great feeling. Um, so yeah, it's just like the small things, like I wouldn't say just like work all the time, but like if you're feeling inspirational and like you're motivated and like you have a drive to do something outside of work, like don't be scared to do it, like go for it. But also don't like put pressure on your home life and, you know, your family and, you know, whoever you got at home. Um, Just, yeah, just kind of take a step back and be aware of of kind of what's going on, I guess. Mm -hmm. The balance I feel and even like the um the want to even you know do some things out of work comes from your love for what you do um if you i i feel like i feel like if you dread doing work like doing your own work outside of work you're just doing it as a job rather than like a passion where i mean there's no problem with that you know there's no if if you're doing it because you like working at your job and you're like, Hey, I love the content I'm doing at my job. I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not too fond about it doing it at home. I want that disconnect or I just don't really want to do my own stuff. Then yeah, whatever. That's, that's good. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying if there is like the people that I guess, I guess the people that do do work outside of it, like you can really tell, like you can tell that they love, they really love what they do. Like, Yes, they may love working in sports and for your case and for my case, like either working for ASU or working for the Timber Rattlers like myself, but then you also are doing it outside of work. You like graphic design. You don't just like your job. You like the whole essence of having a creative outlet or like, like what you do, doing stuff you want to do and doing stuff you're creative with and you feel like, you know, you love that thing. So, um, yeah, I think if I was rich, like I would still be <laughs> like creating for fun you know like i would mm-hmm. still like i would need obviously i would have a lot more free time so i'd probably go on more, go on more vacations work out more like do, do things like that but like mm-hmm. um like yeah just like i would still be making art like a, it's kind of not my identity but like it's like a big part of me um mm-hmm. and I, i'm pretty humbled and happy that i have the ability and the knowledge and the time and experience like to be able to do this on like a daily mm-hmm. week basis and I think doing stuff on your own also like 
yeah, you may be able to hit, like design what you want, but it also helps you figure out how you work as a designer. Like if, if you're just starting out, like, like me, I'm, I'm fresh into the sports industry. Like my first full-time sports job is the one I got now. And I've been there for a month and a half. So like now is where, now is where I'm really trying to push doing work outside of work because I want to understand how like truly understand how my mind works with projects, like not super set in stone, you know, here's what the project's for, get this done in X amount of time and then send it to so-and-so, you know, I want to, I want to, Oh, Hey, I want to do a project like this. Okay. Let's do it. And just kind of work it and like kind of experiment with my creative process. No pun intended Um, experiment with like, you know, different types of things and know what I can and can't do rather than, doing you know organizational work and you know work work every single day i want i like i like having that that like creative outlet and being able to experiment with things i think that's a fantastic point actually um the work that you make outside of work you might um you might not be trying to follow any trends or you might not be trying to follow any brands like you might just be making what um what what you can think of Mm -hmm. um i think being able to to maybe learn something new on your own um that no one's ever done before and then you can bring that into, you know, your work from nine to five and elevate uh, your, your team's brand or whatever, mm-hmm. your corporation's brand or whoever. You might have not thought of that idea if you'd been like trying to experiment at home or something. So I actually think that's a great point you made. Um, and I have noticed that happens to me. Like I might do some new effect at home by an accident. And then I was like, oh, this would be great to apply at the Suns or at ASU or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So one last type of thing I want to, I want to ask you before we kind of send off here, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Uh, I mean, this is going to sound like a super Midwestern corny answer, <laughs> uh, but like, I'm actually super happy um, in Phoenix right now. I think it's awesome. Um, and I, my, my fiance and I got really lucky. Uh, I got a job offer with the sons. She got a job offer one day before with her company. So we got extremely lucky and moved down here at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, like, I want to move back to the Midwest. I uh, just be closer to family. Um, I mean, I don't want to say, like, Ohio or Indiana, but maybe, like, <laughs> Nashville or, like, Knoxville would be kind of cool. Yeah, um, that'd be I cool. mean, that's a really lame answer. It's not very cool. But I actually I think it's an awesome spot. And I, I'm really enjoying my time here at the moment. I've been to Phoenix once, and it was, it was, it was a nice city. Did really you go nice. during the summer? Or? I went in about March. Oh, you probably went. At, yeah, you went at a perfect time then. <laughs> yeah, so not not horrible like devil's anus like it is in the summer. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I prefer. I don't like the heat. Doesn't bother me that much actually. Um, I prefer it over like shoveling like fair car like in the morning. Fair. <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah, we just got an ice storm like last night, and then it kept snowing into today and. I'd much rather trade with you right now. <laughs> I would much yeah, rather. Yeah, I heard someone at work today was saying it was cold, and I was like, it was like 55 degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but then. Hopefully live- he listens to this, and then he knows what I'm talking about. Either, well, I, I guess after you live there for a little bit, you know, like you may be used to like 70s and, you know, like mid 60s, and then once it drops below, if like gets 50, man, that's. I don't want to sound like I'm bringing out the jacket. Too, but- like if I have to wear like if I can't wear shorts outside, I'm like, God, it's cold today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah you totally are you totally are like, we we wear shorts for like midwest where you you know how it is you wear shorts for three months so that you got to throw them you got to put them back in your dresser again oh i worked with somebody at IU's from south dakota and he would like wear shorts into the office in like january and i was like dude you're crazy it's a different world in the dakotas though <laughs> it is a different world like you thought midwest midwest like great lakes winters are bad bro there's nothing to block. There's nothing to block the wind. There's nothing to block the snow over in the Dakotas, man. My cousin lives in South Dakota and he, they moved there. Let's see. They've been living there for about a year. And he says like winters don't even compare because I'm from Wisconsin. So like, Oh, he said winters aren't even close. Like winters are so much worse in the Dakotas than they are in like Wisconsin minnesota you know illinois like the great lakes regions oh. yeah i don't i don't miss that at all so if i, if I can settle down in nashville or something that'd be great <laughs> mm, yeah well man um i do appreciate you coming on today it was very short notice um i do appreciate that as well um thank you for having me but um just to reiterate for the people listening if you want to go down below and connect with brandon i guess if you want to connect with brandon go down below you'll find his twitter and his um website there or i guess portfolio slash shop whatever kind of label i put on there in the description that's where all his information will be excuse me um but again thank you for you know coming out episode 27 and listening i really do appreciate that um and i hope you guys have a great rest of your day rest of your week rest of your month whenever you're listening to this and as always make sure you go out and tell someone that you love them all right peace we'll see you in episode 28 have a good one